Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. Coming into any year, there is usually some sort of consensus about Chinese growth, both in terms of wider economics and indeed metals demand. But this year, more than any other, there's a huge range of views out there. And this relates to exactly where China is in its economic cycle with the industrial economy weakening markedly over the second half of 2021. And we know that property market data continued to weaken through year end. But we also know that growth rhetoric is being amped up in Beijing which typically means metal-intensive spend. However, this time is a little different. The debt pressure is weighing on local governments, and with land sales so much in the doldrums, and the finance vehicles set up to fund past projects paying a disproportionate amount of GDP just to service previous borrowings, the local governments are a bit hamstrung, and as a result, the traditional infrastructure lever used to accelerate growth is broken. Funds can be mobilised and fixed asset investment infrastructure rose just 0.9% year-on-year last year. This lack of transmission is, in our view, why statements from the PBOC are now signalling more aggressive easing, potentially via unconventional policy tools. Many data points towards year-end showed some sign of improvement in that Chinese economy, but clearly not at a fast enough pace for a government starting a transition year with the Omicron challenges coming to the fore. Thus, we would expect even more aggressive policy intervention on the other side of Chinese New Year. And talking about Chinese New Year, for us commodity analysts, that means a data vacuum. Thus, getting a handle on market sentiment at this most important of potential turning points will certainly be challenging. At present, I'd say credit supply is not the problem. Credit demand is. It's a crisis of confidence rather than a crisis of policy. So what would happen if the new round of PBOC policy action proves successful? Well, those sectors which have underperformed over recent months would be expected to show the biggest data turn. And this means property where developer equities are already rallying on the expectation of a lifting of the deleverage shackles they'd be bound by over 2021. From my perspective, we'll be keeping a very close eye on the medium to long-term household loans reported by the National Bureau of Statistics, which dropped close to a five-year low in December. And when we think of any turnaround in properties, well, in commodities, that means watching steel prices. Not just that, I'd also advocate keeping tabs on the pace of inventory build over the coming weeks, which is the seasonally weak period for Chinese demand. And here, I really do want to make a distinction between steel and copper. For steel, rebar inventory held by traders, or social inventory as it's often called, is an extremely important data point to watch for any sign of confidence that the more aggressive support measures coming through in China are translating into increased confidence in metal end demand. If traders are feeling more confident of a re-acceleration in construction activity with ample credit supply available, you would expect them to take more inventory onto their books to sell in March and April. And if not, well, inventory build may be more muted than in recent years. In contrast, for copper, visible stock build is an indication of low confidence, as it would be in free float inventory rather than in the hands of traders who have orders to fill. Latest data, I would say, remains extremely weak for physical copper. Semis producers are buying minimum volumes at present and the import arbitrage for copper cathode is firmly closed. It really is a struggle to justify today's copper price on today's copper fundamentals. And it will be interesting to see if there is a reduction in net financial market length as visible inventories build over the coming weeks. It has not been a bad start to the year for commodities as a whole. 
and the precious metal complex continues to perform pretty strongly as rampant inflation propagates around the globe and geopolitical tensions escalate, driving good old-fashioned safe haven demand. While gold will get the headlines, actually palladium has been the standout performer and has now jumped about 20% over the past two weeks. Russia, of course, is expected to account for about 36% of global refined palladium supply, this year making it the most exposed of the precious metals to potential sanctions or export restrictions. We were already anticipating PGM prices to trend upwards over the first half of this year, coinciding with a recovery in auto production. I would say signs that the semiconductor shortage is not getting worse, or at least the industry is learning to cope with it, continue to emerge. Output of cars in China was up 7.4% year-on-year in December. Japan's back to close capacity. However, there are still some laggards, with passenger car registrations across the European Union falling by almost 23% in December. For PGMs, what are we looking for? Well, we expect OEMs to look to increase purchases over the coming months, and they may well find that the cupboard is relatively bare at the miners, particularly for palladium and rhodium. And we'd also highlight across PGMs, Chinese imports pretty strong over the last period. Electric vehicles are a huge secular challenge to traditional PGM autocatalyst demand from internal combustion engines. But for 2022, we do see robust market fundamentals. Lastly this week, a brief word on inflation. And rather than the wider market impact, I wanted to highlight the direct impact on metals. And it may have been a while since we've seen them, but inflationary pressures when passed to the end consumer do tend to lead to a pushback in terms of demand, particularly for industrial commodities. There are some early signs that high prices are leading to demand being deferred. We expect this process to accelerate to the first half of this year, even as year-on-year inflation metrics peak. It's worth remembering that in many cases the consumer has yet to feel the effect of inflation. Real wages are only starting to trend negative and also supply chains obviously work with a lag. So it's really only hitting the end consumer of many industrial commodities at the moment. This is when the pushback will start to come. On the other side, inflation naturally leads to higher cost curves across metals and bulk commodities. And not only do we have oil prices rising, which is particularly impactful in steepening bulk commodity cost curves, we also have the power price gains. As an example of this, we can look to what happened in aluminium last quarter with the rise in Chinese power. The 90th percentile of the global cost curve rose about 15% quarter on quarter to around about $2,800 a tonne. And almost 20% of Chinese capacity was viewed as being loss making in the quarter. Well, this power cost push is now coming through in the rest of the world and not just for smelting. The recent round of production updates we've seen from a number of major metals and mining producers has seen industry cost guidance revise higher across commodities, across regions. And thus, even if commodity prices stay flat this year, producer margins will be lower. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly. Please stay safe and join me again to discuss more pertinent issues for metals about commodity markets next time round. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton at bmo.com.
To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure.